Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. We are uh, have been sitting here for like 15 minutes waiting on Chris, and then Colson was like, oh yeah, Chris isn't going to be here today. So, thanks, Colson. I have slept since that conversation. <laughs> that is true. And probably what? not, and probably not well. Three kids. No, evidently no. I slept better than my wife who said I kept her up all night snoring. So. Oh, that's mm. cool. Good job. No, not good job. <laughs> Should we start again? Uh, I'm just kidding. Okay. No. I was like, no, we're not going to, we don't more do that kind this. of a thing. We don't Paul's do that. like, I have no idea why I'm even here. Well, it is. We have spent the last 20 minutes talking about cowbells off and on. Listen, that's important. And the noise they make and the and noise they make. And don't make. I got a special gift from Joe Greco um, mm. yesterday, uh, Sunday, and it is a cowbell, and it is a magnificent cowbell. It is not just your run-of-the-mill cowbells. This is this is like top-of-the-line cowbell that I got. So, exactly. You you got to turn that off by 15 seconds or we're going to get... <laughs> that if you don't know what a cowbell we're sounds like We're not monetized. Yeah, no, that's... Anyway. <sighs> pretty anyway. cool. So that's what we were talking about. And that's then, what we were talking about. Um, but we were also then, okay, if Chris isn't here, what is he going to cover? He's covering 1 Samuel chapter 21. Yeah. And I think you should be able to make it all the way through this one. This isn't that hard. Right, Paul? <laughs> there are, no, there's some fun things in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. I was making a joke. Yeah. Anyway. As a carb lover, the... the Chapter title, David and the Holy Bread, gets me excited. It's pretty exciting as um, a bread lover. All, all jokes aside, though, can I read it? And then we kind of yeah, that'd be great. jump in. You wanna, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's a Himalek. A Himalek. There you go. Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, First Samuel 21. Uh, if you're driving and listening, do not open your Bible. But if you're sitting somewhere, feel free to open your Bible and read along. Starting in verse 1. Um, then David came to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech came to meet David, trembling, and said to him, why are, why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has charged me with the matter, and said to me, Let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you, and with which I have changed you, or charged you, excuse me. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread, or whatever is here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread, if the young men have kept themselves from women. And David answered the priest, Truly women have been kept from us as always, or us as always when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it is an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there, but the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread, on the day it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's herdsmen. Then David said to Ahimelech, Then you have then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none but that here. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. 
Uh, and David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gates and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servant, behold, you see this, the man, excuse me, behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Very words of God. I mean, it's a good ending place, I think. Wow. <laughs> what the heck? Anyway. Um, yeah. So David is running from Saul. Uh, and he runs straight to Nob. Yep. <laughs> and so, so... To the priests. To the priests. And he runs again, to the it's priests. It's interesting that the first place of refuge is the priests. Is the do priests. we do any jumping back and forth from here on out? Um, I know, I know that like timeline was funky in first Samuel. Yeah. I don't but, know like, that we this, do. This feels very, uh, that, that would be like, you know, like one right, right after, after the, other. the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, it's, it's, um, it makes sense. It's enough right after, um, like it's, it's close enough on the heels of the Saul's not after him yet. Yeah. Or I think that he would probably, Ahimelech would either know about this or, um, He'd have somebody, mm. but David's in a hurry. I mean, you can tell he's in a hurry. He didn't take anything with him. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's running and he's now, now that they've run a ways, he's, uh, uh, asking for food. Mm. Um, which I don't know. Is this, is this part of the tricky part? They eat the bread of the presence. Um, they are given the bread of the presence. Um, so, those of you who were with us this past Christmas, yep, um, we talked about um, the different uh, furniture pieces. Furniture piece, thank you. Furniture <coughs> pieces. I was like elements. What are mm. we? Furniture pieces inside uh, the tabernacle, and one of them was the table of the bread of presence or the show bread. Mm -hmm. Paul, you want to elaborate? Was that your day? Um, no, Chris did. You the did the bread. incense. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It's all right. The um, showbread, I just remember it was not just a little loaf of bread. No, it's I a mean, bunch it's, of loaves of loaves, <laughs> wheels of, of bread. Of, yeah. Strange. It I, doesn't look normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really the, some of the questions. So we, we have some restrictions about the loaves. And again, we talked about how, um, it wasn't always just like, said the sacrificial system or the tabernacle system wasn't always just a wasteful thing. And so mm. there was like prescribed moments that yeah, um, eating this bread, yeah, things were appropriate or not appropriate. And th this whole conversation um, where David assures of, of that the they weren't in any, yeah, yeah. Assures the Hemelech that they weren't in any, you know, sexual relations with women is probably referencing some of this idea of ritually being clean. Okay. Um, and so in verse five, when he assures them that their bodies are clean, 
apparently this is enough of whatever version of our of the conversation happens that we're getting recorded that makes it possible for the men to eat then the consecrated bread well the consecrated bread like it's it's god's table yeah it's representing eating with god you would need to be clean to be in his presence at his table yeah yeah sorry and we don't run into anything you know with ahimelech that seems to be um you know a, a god's you know, punishment for him, like doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So he correctly just provides, you know, gives the provision to David. Um, And then unfortunately we, we, you know, you were saying, is this chronological or how much time? We don't really know now the time, but we, you know, we just create, we just talked about Nob and then moved to where he's fleeing to Gath. And then we'll start 22 with the cave um, that he's hiding in. And then we'll run back into the end of of 22 um back at nob mm-hmm. where saul now comes in um and kills the priests and and again you know there are there's probably like Spoiler some alert. to say i know some to say like oh well then you know this is this is god using saul as you know a, a, interesting you know an executioner of his justice and yet um really when you when it reads through there no the whole emphasis is is on Saul's disconnectedness mm-hmm. with God at this point and his, you know, again, mm-hmm. taking it all on, on his own. And so now I'd, um, it is interesting, you know, this conversation of how it, how it plays out of why there was, you know, again, why, why David's first place of sanctuary is with the priests and why his first source of provision is this you know, holy bread um, and so there really does seem like God, that there's a motif here of David turning to God for provision and God's people, at least his appointed representatives, the priests, are the ones who give that provision. Um, and yet David doesn't come off totally squeaky clean in this either. Um, because, at, I mean, at, at best, he at least is deceitful mm-hmm. in his mission um, and wanting... Uh, wanting him like to, to think he is coming with the approval of Saul yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, is this, is this just deception? And, you know, yeah. he's, he's just being vague enough of like, well, the King has charged me with the matter. I'm talking about God. You think I'm talking about Saul, you know, like, yeah. is it, is it at best? Like just the some king form has of, charged me with treason. Yeah, it's like, a ma- <laughs> I didn't technically lie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dad. Um, no, I, 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 I mean, again, I don't think the Bible's, you know, scared to admit the fault here. And so I think we get something positive mm-hmm. from David. He's turning to the right place, um, you know, in his fear. He's turning to the right place, but he is still holding on to some of it within his own, um, you know, control or ability. And to think that that sum that he held on to was to manipulate, mm. deceive, or mm-hmm. I think, I think just lie. I think he's just telling a lie here. Um but that doesn't, uh, you know, necessarily discredit. Yeah, that would make sense because the next place that he goes is Akish, Akish, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, Ach- Achish. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're closer with the hard. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he's just in survival mode, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's a that would of course be a pretty tough place to be but he does get Goliath's sword out of this which he did not expect 
Um, he's asking him if he has any, he's asking a priest if he has any weapons. I'm not sure we were fully expecting the weapon. Interesting that it was kept there. Yeah. It talks about that. Um, it was, I mean, it's oh earlier on. It does. Yeah, uh, it, it, and not like in a, uh, like a relic or something. It, it's, it's like a summary statement. Yeah, of where it's like they a go. summary it's statement. Like, God commanded this. Um, no, the yeah, people yeah. obeyed, okay. or no. this was. And I don't think David remembered. Maybe he knew at one point where it was going. Maybe not. Maybe he didn't care at all. He, would, he wouldn't like. There is there a sword here? <laughs> hey, I, I, I forgot. I heard maybe there... there was a sword. I don't think that's the case. But okay. if if it is, that would be another interesting thing. Um, then maybe he was running there instead of just to the priests. Hey, remember that sword that's. Legally mine. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Anyway, the, uh, he ends up leaving with, um, uh, with Goliath's sword, which also I think like, Again, that's an interesting thing. An, an interesting provision. Yeah. An interesting provision. It's not from, you know, the King of Gath yeah. who would have an army and have yeah. weaponry no. that provides right. David with any source. It's weaponry. It's still the tabernacle. The ta- yeah. The God's priest yeah mm. um it's also funny to show up uh in gath with goliath's sword <laughs> strapped to you <laughs> like mm. uh, i mean unless he was just six nine no nah. <laughs> or six i think everybody would know what that sword looked like in gath <laughs> um anyway uh and then he's got to act crazy that's probably one of my favorite Parts of this whole thing is that he's he's got to act like a crazy man because <laughs> he ran to Gath. And that's that's less of a I mean, it are we supposed to read that as similar like to the deception or the lie? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> I think. From Paul, before. what do you think? Or is it like, hey, he's preserving his life here. I th- so he's being clever. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that there is we are supposed to see. um you know, David clearly, like the level of the threat that Saul has become to David. I think that mm-hmm. that is supposed to be clearly presented in this. And yeah. we're going to run into, I mean, these whole next 10-ish, I think 10, 10-ish chapters um, are him in exile. And so it's following this, you know, uh, essentially, again, a blessing from the Lord, an anointing from the Lord that has come. Mm-hmm. And yet one that also is being, re- rem- has been removed or is continuing to be removed um, mm. and so from Saul, yeah, from Saul. And so we're, we're, I think we clearly see, you know, in, in this, that there's some uncertainty. I mean, that last chapter started with David being afraid that Saul was doing something on behalf of the Lord because David messed up, um, and was in sin. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just goes to, I think, play that, that, you know, what we can all relate to as, um, has has limited beings, you know, trying to follow an unlimited God mm-hmm. and being like, yeah. And sometimes it's really confusing. Sometimes you're in the right and it feels like you're in the wrong. Sometimes you're in the wrong. You don't even know you're in the wrong. You know, mm. sometimes you're, you're in the right experiencing wrong, but it's not your wrong, but it is a yeah. consequence of somebody else's wrong. You right. know, it's, yeah. is this David experiencing uh, consequences from the sins of Saul? I mean, I think that that would be a very appropriate yeah. message. And then yet, even in David being uncertain of it, you know, he's, he's even doubting, you know, is this actually Saul or is this me? Have I done something wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and again, in some of what we see is like the vow between Jonathan and the pledge with the Lord between them and with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of being that uh, for the reader, the assuredness that David's not in the wrong there mm-hmm. in a way of experiencing, you know, again, a removal of, um, of the anointing or of the blessing. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet we still see David doing now being shown not in the wrong mm-hmm. now, potentially going into the very next section lying and being in the wrong and mm-hmm. deceiving and, you know, acting crazy. And so, I don't know, there's something that seems very relatable to, yeah. you know, just anybody who's trying to follow Christ in a daily walk where, mm-hmm. um, you know, God's going to, the one thing that we can count on is God's ac- going to accomplish his will and his purposes are going to get done. Um, and we do the best to be dependent on him um, and hopefully turn to his provision as David has done. Um and pray that, you know, God will provide even and despite all, all of our sins and mm-hmm. all the times we mess up. Yeah. So. And I think that like that whole mindset, the whole mindset that David has inside of that, of, of wrestling with, you know, he's working out his salvation with fear and trembling already. Um, that, that, that mindset, uh, uh, is so foreign to everybody, um, in this time. And, and I would say, you can see that in the way that the Philistines react to seeing David, because what they ask is, or you know, the servants of Akish, 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 Achish, um, is the way that they react is they say, "Is not this David the king of the land?" Because they've heard the song that the women were singing. Saul is struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. So they automatically are like, well, might is right. Power is power. And the people of Israel have already said like David's better than Saul. So David's the, the king. David's the one that we should be afraid of. David's the like mm-hmm. um, head of it. So if this is confusing to them, cause they're like, why isn't he, he's not running from, he can't be running from Saul. He's bigger than Saul in terms of power. Um, so I, I, you know, you see that like there, there is knowing, I guess, you know, Monday uh, morning quarterbacking this um, or whatever it's called hindsight being 2020. I think that we, we knowing what we, we know, know that if, <laughs> If God had uh, uh, used David differently in all of this, if if somehow there had been a stand where David needed to defend himself from Saul, I'm pretty sure we know how that would have gone. But David doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to do what... I don't even know if that's the right way to say that. He's just trying to do what God is telling him to do. I think he is searching for the will of God inside of this. And like you said, him not being sure that he has done everything correctly means that he doesn't know what uh, the favor of the Lord is in that moment. He knows that Saul has been anointed. He knows that he has been anointed. But if, you know, that anointing can come off, Saul, he's very aware that it can come off him too mm-hmm. inside of that. And so like there's there's just there's a lot to I guess struggle through inside of this. And so um you know, he's he he looks like a mystery to everybody else around him. And I think we're going to see that over and over and over again in David's life. 
Um, but you definitely and, see it here. And potentially, I think, because Chris sent this to me, but a, a glimpse maybe into what David was feeling, mm-hmm. you can read some Psalms. Oh, definitely. Um, and so... 34. Two, and 56, is that what is that what he says? So 34. And, and 56, and, you're right. That, or, and that's just, that's not from my own study. That's from what Chris sent. But that's like, mm-hmm. you know, an, in addition to what you're saying of like, he's he is a human being dealing with real emotions and reality as he's, you know, trying to figure out how do I survive and wh- what do I do from this? I think that's a cool glimpse into, you know, what he's thinking and feeling are those Psalms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 56 starts out, be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long. An attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you mm. in God, whose word I praise in God. I shall trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Um, and then, you know, in 34, mm-hmm. you know, amidst this, again, amidst him being um, being crazy and driven out um, is when he says, I will bless the Lord all at all times. His praise shall be continually on my mouth. This mm-hmm. is the one that says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and yet, you know, again, you see David holding on to this. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and he hears and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And so, yeah, we do get some, I mean, pretty pointed insight into the emotion David's experiencing here Mm -hmm. of being afflicted, of being trampled, and yet of you know, holding on to, well, I'm going to declare the truth that the Lord is near the brokenhearted, right. that he delivers the righteous, that he's going to put down the wicked. So yeah. sure feels unsure right now. Don't and like I'm it. having to do a lot on his own with his own, you know, deception. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, you see just a very, very human David here getting, getting some things really, really right. And yet in his actions, still not getting things totally right. Yeah. Um, and I think also not only are we supposed to see his humanity, I think we are supposed to see it, you know, in this whole section, these 10 chapters or so, where we are supposed to see, um, you know, David as uh, a messianic precursor or figure, mm-hmm. um, a prototype of a messianic, you know, uh, yeah, I guess character. Um, because just like our, you know, just like our heavenly father, um, who then, you know, has his will that the son is then doing um, and acting out on earth in his ministry. So he is persecuted and we get, you know, a lot about um, mm-hmm. uh, God, the son in his persecution, being um, being turned away, um, being ter- antagonized, you know, from the response of the people when only obviously he was coming, never have done anything wrong and only would have done right. And so, again, I think we see this. Mm similar suffering um, typography here in in these this whole exiled section. Yeah. And remember that uh, David uh, is not Christ, so there are things that he's going to do wrong that are are not prescriptive. Like the, it's not Jesus or God telling us that this is how we should act. It's saying what did happen, and he's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
he was following, he was trying to. So let that be an example. Be encouraged.